0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome to St. Paul's Blur Street. We're so glad that you're here today, whether you're joining us online or in person. Maybe it's your very first time here, or it's your first time back in a long time. Maybe you're already learning how to follow Jesus. Maybe you're spiritually searching. You're all welcome. We're so pleased you're here today. Did Queen Elizabeth have a good life? What even makes a good life? There's a permanent debate in our culture about the answer. Does it lie in having lots of beautiful things or radical simplicity, maybe a Marie Kondo uh, style organization of your closets? Having a few intimates or a wide and varied social circle? Kids or no kids? Empty nesters and the uh, parents of toddlers will probably give you different answers. Follow your head, follow your heart. The 20th century American monk and mystic, Thomas Merton, wrote this. People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success, only to find, once they reach the top, that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Today, we're starting a four-week teaching series called The Good Life. And there are plenty of people in the world who are not followers of Jesus who seem to have pretty great lives. At least that's what Instagram assures me. So as we start a new season together, over four weeks, we're going to look at four different qualities that we all want. People always have. The ancient Greek philosophers summed them up as the cardinal virtues. Prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. And while these virtues, they're not making it on logos, on sweatshirts anymore these days, we still yearn for them. The Christian faith doesn't have a monopoly on these qualities, but we're going to unpack how following Jesus can shape these qualities in our lives in unique ways. To make financial decisions with rising inflation, discipline our children in life-giving ways, pick a spouse, when do you leave a job, how do you get a job? We want this quality for our children, for them to know how to build stable relationships, make smart choices at parties, and learn the skills to make a living and get off the family payroll. We want wisdom. The writer of the book of Proverbs, which we just heard from, which tradition recalls as King Solomon of Israel in the late 900s BCE, he knows it for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compete with her. How do we make good choices? And it can't just be a matter of getting life experience, because there are plenty of older people who make incredibly stupid decisions. I'm not thinking of any of you in particular. And the young, Many of whom are part of our St. Paul's community are the leaders of today and will shape the future direction of this city and in fact the world. How do we get our hands at any age on wisdom to lead that good life? Well, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which do you want first? I always want the bad news first because otherwise the good news gets ruined by whatever follows, right? So the bad news. And there's no nice way to say this. I've thought about it. Naturally, we're idiots. Myself included. That's the bad news. We're not born wise. We are not born consistently making good choices, which is why our culture's advice to just be yourself is so disastrous. Trust me, you don't want me to just be myself. Proverbs called it, verse 5. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence, acquire intelligence, you who lack it. Left to our own devices, whenever we face a threat of some kind, uh, no matter how small, you know, waking up and finding out you've run out of coffee, or a large threat, a life-changing medical decision for you or a loved one. Whenever we face a threat, we have to make a decision. And basically, we've got three options. One is flight, right? To be anxious and to withdraw from the perceived threat. Two is to fight, to be aggressive with the threat. Or three, to calm ourselves and thoughtfully evaluate the threat. Now, which approach is best, of course, depends on the nature of the threat. But we need to train ourselves and our children in wisdom to learn how to choose. How to make good decisions at turning points. The small ones we have like every day in our life, but also the significant ones that deeply impact us. That's the bad news. We don't naturally have this wisdom and we need to acquire it. The good news is we can. Wisdom in this passage from Proverbs is personified, and she speaks encouragement to us in verse 17. Those who seek me diligently find me. One of the reasons Queen Elizabeth was admired was because she seemed to know how to make hard decisions. You do not need to support the monarchy or be blind to the dark realities and complexities of colonial history, to admire the wisdom that she frequently, but not always, displayed in making decisions. When sharing his condolences with the British people, even Vladimir Putin had to admit, reports the Times, Russians respected her for her wisdom. So what's the secret sauce? Well, it's kind of like that old, really bad joke about the pastor giving a children's talk, and after describing what was clearly a squirrel, it lives in trees and eats nuts, he asks the children to guess the animal. And some smart-aleck six-year-old puts up his hand and dryly remarks, well, the answer has to be Jesus, but it actually sounds like a squirrel. It's so bad, right? Well, the answer is Jesus. How do we find wisdom? But the answer is Jesus, not in an overly simplistic, just be like Jesus and you will be wise way, although that's still not bad advice, it's a bit more complex. Later on in the book of Proverbs, we read this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now the word fear here is to be properly understood as awe as reverence. The American actor Christopher Lee, who played Saruman in The Lord of the Rings, he says that when he was a young man, he actually once bumped into the great writer J.R.R. Tolkien uh, in a pub, and he was in awe, and he was trembling so much that he reported that he almost knelt down on the pub floor. When you find yourself in the presence of someone you revere, someone you're in awe of, you tremble, It's it's a positive fear. You're afraid you'll dishonor this person, that you won't bring them joy. The, the positive fear is actually, it's about love. Some believe in God out of negative fear, but it is the positive fear of the Lord that can shape us with wisdom. Because as you draw closer to Jesus, you'll be tra- you will be training yourself in avoiding two main errors when it comes to cultivating wisdom. The first error, is caring too much about what other people think the other people who don't actually have to live your life having positive fear of the lord means you will care most about what jesus thinks is jesus cheering you on or is jesus going please stop you're only hurting yourself and others second error Being an obstinate fool and having the insecurity of always needing to be right and the last word. Having a positive fear of the Lord means you're growing in a realization that Jesus came as a savior to save us from ourselves. And you're only going to come to Jesus in prayer and ask for wisdom. You're only going to come to Jesus with your daily problems, with your insecurities and and those decisions we need to make, when we know we're not condemned by Jesus, but loved. Jesus died a fool's death, crucified as a common criminal, mocked as an idiot by the government of the day. Jesus died as a fool, so we can become wise what does this look like practically we're not naturally wise we need to train ourselves in the fear of the lord to draw closer to jesus this is how we learn how to make good choices choices that will give us that good life not an easy one not necessarily free of suffering well it definitely won't be free of suffering but it can be a good life Well, followers of Jesus in the Anglican branch of our global diverse Christian family have historically trained themselves in wisdom, sought authority uh, to make good decisions through what is called the three-legged stool. It was devised by a British theologian who died in 1600 who was called Richard Hooker, bad name, great mind. How do we come close to Jesus in the positive fear of the Lord? Three ways. First, and primarily, through Scripture, through reading the Bible. This is where we can most easily encounter Jesus, hear his voice, be challenged, and also find comfort and hope. Reading the Bible is the longest and most important leg of the stool, and a fantastic way to do that here is by joining one of our growing number of connect groups. We now have over 31 small groups for different demographics, meeting on different days and times of the week. It's a a place to make friends, to ask questions, and figure out how to make good decisions together by reading scripture. Find out more about them on our website, or you can talk to Tyler after the service. Now, the second and the third legs of the stool help us understand the bible the second leg is reason you do not have to check your brains at the door if christian faith really is true you know in the same way that no object can travel faster than the speed of light you know if christianity is true at the same level then it can stand up to any questions any critiques and we value creating space for this here at st paul's reason helps us understand the Bible. And then the third leg is tradition, and it can also train us in wisdom. Tradition, don't understand it as the way we've always done things. That's for museums, not churches. Tradition is how have other followers of Jesus in the past handled things? How have other followers of Jesus in Uganda How have Ugandan Christians, how have Maori Christians, how have followers of Jesus in Sri Lanka, how have they thought about these things? Tradition can shape an attitude of intellectual humility, not cultural and temporal snobbery. That kind of snobbery is, you know, the way we think about things now, translate the rich, mainly white, educated West, that snobbery is thinking that the way that we things do things now must be the best. Some of it is the best, but not all of it. Use this three-legged stool: scripture, reason, tradition to draw closer to Jesus and to grow in wisdom. It's something we all want. What makes a good life? Wisdom for a start. Three weeks to go, don't climb the ladder of success and realize your ladder is up against the wrong wall. The queen didn't need to climb the ladder of worldly success, she was the queen. But she was clear which wall she had put her ladder on. She made a good decision. And as she spent her life learning how to follow Jesus, she seems to have grown in wisdom. She no longer sits on a throne, but she's worshipping along with all the faithful down the ages, the lamb who sits upon the throne. God saved the queen. God can save us. Thanks be to God. Amen.